We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Alright, here we go. Salute to Knicks Nation on this Thursday night. CP from Knicks Fan TV. My man JL's from Nick of Time Show. Special guest with us this evening, J. Ellis. Special, 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 special. He's a hip-hop pioneer, an icon, a legend, the originator, public enemy, humanitarian, rock and roll hall of famer, Knicks fan, Long Island Zone, (laughs) Chuck D in the building. Chuck, how you doing tonight, man? I'm good, guys, man. I'm not an originator, man. I, I'm, I'm a process of evolution, not revolution. And as far as the culture and the music goes, man. But I am from New York, and I hail for that born in Queens, Strong Island, all my life. And here we go, right? Absolutely. I'm usually on the other side, sitting, sitting on the other side, enjoying the entertainment of y'all, and you keep dragging me back here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, you know what, Chuck? You know, last time you were on the show, unfortunately, it was when Kobe passed. And, and right, it seems right. like, and that was February of this year. And it seems like ever since that time, it, it, it's just been a, a lot of bad news going on in our world. And, and you know, a and lot the year's of, half over. And it's half yeah. over. It's half over. Like, we had yeah. the half, halftime mark. Thanks. Like, what's going on? How's the second half gonna gonna happen in this game, yeah, in man. this contest? Hopefully a lot better, but you know, your voice has always been um needed in these times and in, in these perilous times, and, and your leadership has always been um well respected and well received. So, you know, as we endure this this pandemic COVID-19 and um, the civil unrest based on police brutality and and the racial tension that's going on in the world let's talk about first how these things have been impacting you your family um, your career you know what's been the impact of these recent events on you well um, you know the entertainment business has been leveled but sports has really been like kind of like destroyed for a second um, because the whole idea 
of of crowd was to find a venue and put as many in that venue as possible to enjoy whatever entertainment or engage itself into whatever entertainment happened to be in that facility. And those rules have been thrown out the window for the first time, I think ever. It's like, now you gotta look at a place and say, well, the capacity can't be what it says. It's gonna have to, we're gonna have to cut it in quarters. So that's as a, a as an occupation, uh, as a, a, a in family, you tell all your family members to be alert, be mindful. And you're talking about a pecking order that's from the 80s, like my mom down to my youngest, you know, so, you know, in single digits. So this is a critical moment. It's also a teachable moment and a reachable moment. And unfortunately, we don't, we have a, a mysterious leadership. Yeah. And, and it's selected positions. And right, right about now, when you talked about the answer, starting off with uh, the murder of George Floyd by the mm -hmm. police officer, officers in uh, Minneapolis, and then immediately we saw what? A person known, publicly known as an athlete, right? We saw Steven Jackson say, yeah. this guy mm -hmm. is me. And I remember Steven Jackson coming out and said, listen, I, this can happen to anybody and y'all ain't gonna take it half seriously when it starts happening to y'all too. Yeah. And it struck Steven and it seemed like from that point on, Steven says, I'm gonna do something about it. And I, and I reached out to Steven too. I, I know many people reached out because that was like somebody, you know, that yeah. was pretty much related bit by bit with him. And so what they didn't expect is that this would be a movement against the final tally on all these visible atrocities and the audacity of them to keep on happening. Yeah. And also after the whole pandemic and people being able to be told to stay inside and, and then all of a sudden that, that news gets fuzzy and, and when everybody doesn't get an answer or whatever, and it was, it was a tipping point and the tipping point pointed like, like I make these analogies and you guys know the analogies cause you make them in, you know, in, in sports and basketball speak, you know, Golden State Warriors, strength and numbers, uh, positionless basketball, the movement of younger energy turned into a leaderless movement going forward. And they couldn't point to one or two people. Mm -hmm. They had to say, yo, this is just a momentum yeah. that that that's carrying our attention. Yeah, and so this is something everybody was at attention, man, because everybody was forced to be at attention with the pandemic, first of all. Yeah. And the second thing is like, okay, there's some hypocrisy in that. And then this was the second that it kind of came along and yeah. everybody was focused on it. And this is the answer that came out of that. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's been impacted. It's impacted all. It's, it's not a person in this country oh, yeah. that can't say they've been impacted. Mm -hmm. And the whole world is looking at this country as being some sort of, some sort of sideshow, a stage show. Um, and I know I, I, I work half the year outside the country. I know the attitude from outside looking in for the last four years. Matter of fact, they start looking at you and saying like, you got something to do with it. Like, yo, how y'all, <laughs> how y'all gonna let this dude become president? You like, yo, what the hell? Dang. So yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah, every, everybody's on alert. It's a teachable moment, it's a reachable moment. And um, for young energies, that immediately start looking at their local area and say, look, look, we don't know nothing about the national 
conversation, but we gonna take it right to our neighborhood and make some changes. Whether it's like, we're gonna address what police reform is, but it gotta change down to like pulling down symbols. And I tell you, symbols are powerful, man, because let's put it in ball speak, uh, JLs and C. If you're going to lock people up and make them pay the price, the average person comes up and says, well, why the hell y'all got the losing team up? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Confederacy is supposed Confederacy to be a losing lost. team. To, right, exactly. lost to the wow. union. They were traitors, man. No, no, but it points to it points to the the construct of race and racism, white supremacy. It points to all these things. And you got to remove a lot of this cancer in order to say, all right, we're going to start new body up, new body forward. And, and younger people, which I think is the derogatory statement when you call younger adults the youth, they ain't the youth. You hit 18, it's, grow, it's man up, woman up time. But they already convinced younger adults that they ain't adults. And people in their mind think, oh, yeah, I could probably get my crib for my family when I'm about 47 years old. And I'm like, this, you know, you got to train and, and mentor leadership at a young age so somebody could say, I'm 25 and I'm I'm a grown full Ready man. But this, but this society has is, 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 is really failed on social development. It's failed on, on uh, administrative development and they want to further it. And so whenever you see like, an administration or a governing body of old heads trying to get in the way and compete with young energy yeah. and young people, you're going to have a problem, man. Yeah. I mean, and, I, and I'll be brief on this point. You got the 75 year old dude that's the president, <laughs> right? He pulled the three card money game on the country, man, and, and fooled half of America, right? He ain't fooled New York. We, we knew who so he was. Like, hey, we, we already right. knew, we knew who he was. was. Yeah. Hey, hey, OG like me, I remember <laughs> this, my beef is from Central Park Five. So. Right. Come on. Right. It could be like that, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay, if you're born in 1995, you might not know that. So these reminders come out, and this is why we document and say, hey, look, the dude might be, pre he might be whatever he does with whack casinos, half-ass celebrity, you know, whatever, but he can't be president. You got to make that statement now. Let's say the guy running against him is 77 going 78, right? And then the guy I mm -hmm. like, right, as far as ideals and principles, dude is 79. Yeah. If you 20, <laughs> if you 29, if you're 51, obviously, he, there's no way the three of them are talking about the future. Because yeah. math is real, man. You're playing around. I mean, really, seriously. You're playing around with five more years, and we don't. you don't know if you're going to be there. So what future are you talking about? True. So right there is the first slap in your face hypocrisy. Young True. energy, I believe, is 40 to 65. I'm older than President Obama, bro. And we saw that President Obama put 16 years in the eight. Cause you know when the black guy gets the job in the white world, he's doing eight times the job. And a black, stress. And a black right? Stress, and man. a black woman, and a black woman is doing twenty times the job. So that's yeah, what yeah. Joe Biden could probably do: get Stacey Abrams, step on out, and then be like, you know what, I won, but Stacey Abrams going to do it, and I, I'll see y'all and catch your yeah. OG backseat. Need some young energy on the ticket. Yeah, exactly. Yo, man, young energy gets the job done. Yeah. Young energy gets the job done, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. really, they, they they're able to look at the job and say, "Okay, we're gonna go at it," and and that's and and right now this this country is socially and politically inept, man, because it keeps leaning the hypocrisy towards the old heads, yeah. who have no thought on what the future is. It's true, it's true, it's true. true. Speak, speaking of young energy, man, 
your style has always been politically charged and socially conscious. Where did that come from? Did you have that energy when you were younger and it's just still carrying with you today? I was born in a dynamic, revealing 1960s, man. 1960s, right? So this is my 60th year, born in 1960. Um, remember very clearly that decade, man, you had assassinations, you had Vietnam, Black Panther Party. We went from Negro on my Negro on my birth certificate, then we was colored wow. for a couple of years. Wow. And I'm telling you, every time we saw black people on TV around 66, 67, I was like, look, colored people's on, <laughs> colored people's on TV. Oh, man. Oh, wow. man. And then by 67, 68, 69, we were black, Black Power, Black Panther Party. You know, right. James Brown culturally does a one record that says, you know, say it loud, I'm mm, yes. black and I'm proud. <laughs> and that was the final, you know, that was the final tap point to it. So by 1969, the year the Mets and the Jets and the beginning of the Knicks first championship year, black was beautiful, baby. You know what I'm saying? And, and and that was a that was an important national statement that not, mm. not only resonated of pride in the uh United States, but around the world. They all said, you know what? Black folk, black folks and people of color are making themselves known and felt for what they doing there. And everybody followed. That sense has atrophied, man. And now they look on the outside in. And they might see videos with cats throwing money at the camera. Mm -hmm. it's, a, a, it's a United States of America arrogance that's poured to the rest of the world. So that's why they all scratch, scratching their head. But I come up out of that time, I had young independent parents. They wasn't radical, but their kids ended up being radical. <laughs> <laughs> and their grandkids, man, oh my God. I mean, their grandkids, my kids was like, like they front lines, man, of, of like, of this movement. So. You have to believe that. Kids of Chuck D, I I I bet money they'd be in the front lines. <laughs> Yo, man, and they, and they woman energy too. So yeah, I mean, what? So yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, I come up out of that where where we were encouraged just to say you walk in. I mean, my dad passed in 2016. Mm. He could go anywhere. I swore he was a warlock, man, because <laughs> he could go in the middle of an adversarial meeting and have them eaten out of his hand on some peace and love stuff. I was like, I said. You must be a warlock, dude, because I don't even see how you do <laughs> Everybody loved my dad, man. So, I mean, they had the abilities to to talk, counsel, no matter who you are. You, you walk in a room, it ain't got nothing to do with what you're making or whatever. And it was about the equal respect as human beings, man. And that's something to take serious. You don't look down at anybody. Nobody looked down at you. That was a fabric of life that has to be instilled on a regular basis. And you don't take the you don't take the gas off of that. You know, everybody yeah. wants to be able to be respected. So there's a lot of this push and pull that's going on because everybody's not kind of like, they're not privy to the same basics that used to just flying around. I mean, once upon a time, we used to call it common sense because it was common, but they've knocked the common off of sense. So True it's either story. sense or nonsense. Now it's mm. almost common nonsense. And that Watch. comes from the top, man. So, uh, man. you know, it's, it's something always to work on. Everybody always got to work on it. I mean, yeah. that's why ball is such a beautiful thing and talking about sports because you don't, you don't get in life by not working at something and working at life. You know, mm -hmm. life is going to come at you. You got to go at life, man. It's, mm -hmm. the, it's the gravity, man. And sometimes what comes at us triple fold is, is mid-gravity. 
that we got to really yeah. seriously be astute and, and, and battle against. So um, you need OGs to interpret and explain and also get up out of the way and be there. So at my agent stage, it, it's to guide, to counsel, consigliere, like they said in The Godfather. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, see me, boom, I put you out there, I ain't in your way, man. For example, uh, uh, CP, when you do the big commercials, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's the young man. Exactly. That's the young man's game. A great beard does not is not in that realm, man. It's like a great beard. It's like it's out of that. Well, you, you, you can do the man. just for men, Chuck. You can do the Clyde. Yeah, you you don't play nah, that. You gotta man. call Clyde, tell him send you a box, man. Yeah. That's all that's all right, man. Because one thing my parents did not raise me to be when I see them is be fake. Yeah. <laughs> my mom's a yo, my mom's would put the thumbprint to my face. Like, what is this? <laughs> so I mean, I mean to each their own, man. Yeah. I'm not I'm not like I'm not crowding nobody's space. I'm just like saying it's a different thing. You got the black beard, you're young, your vibrant, you got the energy. An old gray beard ain't in that, it ain't in that league, man. Yeah. It's just the old it's gray lane. beard needs a different lane, man. Different you know, lane. Cut, cut it, keep it trimmed. <laughs> Try not to turn into gravy from, from Sanford and Son to keep it moving. <laughs> keep man. it moving, man. Yeah. We're, we're talking to Chuck D. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. JL tonight's hashtag real easy. Hashtag PE to salute Chuck D and public enemy. You know, Chuck, um, I was looking at BT Awards. I was, I'm cooking dinner, and wow. to my surprise, my wife is like, hey, Chuck, these on, you know, they're doing Fight the Power. So I'm, I'm watching, and I'm seeing mm -hmm. you. I'm seeing Flav. Then I see Nas. I said, oh. And then I see Black Thought. I'm like, oh, my goodness. almost burnt my food. But, you know. <laughs> uh -oh. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. As I was I telling see. you. But, you know, almost 30 years ago, the original Fight the Power the soundtrack mm -hmm. to do the right thing. No, um, I correct you. I correct you. Mm. That's the second fight to power, brother. The first fight to power Isis. was when I was 15 years, 15 years old, and it influenced me in 1975. People forget that, but mm. it's up for us to remind people that that's the second fight to power. Mm. The first one moved a lot of people. Mm. And since, you know, the biggest difference between, and I mean to cut you off, but mm. the biggest difference between 1989 and 1975 is that there were people that were here who are no longer here. There's been people that have been born who are now here. Right. Those are the biggest differences in time, man. So these are constant reminders why you got to remind a society and cultural uh, reminders are sometimes the best. And they, and they get people thinking, they get people moving. People have their selections. Um, if you wanted to say about hip hop's responsibility, remember, I've taken everybody from, from Latifah to, to Too Short to to you name it, right? Mm -hmm. And I, we always used to say a statement, like, do what you got to do. We're going to bring everybody around, but always have a couple of drops for the hood, man. And the hood, I mean, I see a guy like Too Short who, you know what Too Short did and what he talks about. Mm -hmm. But we's like, you know, you don't change the game. You show them. And the next year, Too Short comes out in, in 1990 with The Ghetto, which is like a record that was like, oh, my God. And that was the one drop for the hood. So that was the big difference in rap music and hip hop. There was always that one song that somebody would do outside they outside their zone Comfortable, that yeah. everybody felt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cause I mean, everything's not synonymous with the with I'ma just be on some <clears throat> tip every time with every cut. No, mm -hmm. it was you know, there was always one that made you feel good. You know, like Ice Cube, man, you know, once upon a time in the hood and then 
you know, oh, well, today was a good day, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's the counter of dead homies. So I'm saying that that was the thought process and um, fight the power, which, you know, as an extension to that answer I was telling you, you know, fight the power was the second fight. The power does not become the fight, the power that we know today, unless you have a, a very bold, ambitious, uh, eccentric Spike Lee that says, I'm gonna put the song in the movie 25 times. I mean, who does that? <laughs> so, so Spike, Spike, I, I, Spike always throws at me. You guys, yeah, I'm like Spike. You threw you threw the the song in the movie 25 times, dog, for real. <laughs> you helped make that, man. You you know so. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that, that's where that came from. Yeah, well, I I just th- thought it was interesting. You know the the theme of do the right thing you know based on the racial tensions in brooklyn and and radio yeah. raheem being choked out by the police and and here you go 30 years later is right. similar issues and and was that what sparked you to to do the remix with with nas black thought and, and rhapsody no I, I i did it because it was an idea that everybody felt that was floating around and they asked my blessings for it and then i said yeah i mean this is a teachable moment yeah, I would come on. I would be on some diva ish if I'm like, oh no, I'm not. It's like this is the this is how the movement goes. You follow the movement. You flow in step with the movement. Um, uh, Ringo Starr did a record. You know, Ringo Starr, the Beatles. The Beatles is a group. No, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> you got to explain everything. Hey, time, but you got the millennials watching Gen Z. Yeah, right. <laughs> he did. He did a song called Just a Little Help for My Friends. So that's what this Fight the Power is about. Quest Love, who makes history every night, him and Black Thought with the mm-hmm. roots. You know, Jimmy Fallon, they're the band, and that that's significant. So when Quest Love presses a button and said, I want to do this, and he said, boom, we all fall in line. And we, we are a union that's been unofficial too long, but a union nonetheless. And, um, this was the call, culture. Now, culture can actually spark something, but real people do real things. And, and culture could be a reminder to tell you to begin your learning process. It can't give you all the answers in a three-minute, 56-second song. If you expect that culture to teach you, you know, culture you know, does not teach you. It helps you explore yourself. And that's the great word for it. Fantastic Bruce Lee. So that's what culture does for you. It can spark you. And real people got to do real things. And here's another thing, uh, CP and JL, is that everybody ain't got celebrity in them to be shaking to the lights all the time in order for you to be have a vested interest in them. We need, quote-unquote, boring people. We, we need a dentist that works in your grill to have kind of like no kind of social appeal. Mm. All this person does is do a great job on dentistry and you got to salute that. So not everybody needs to have this extra, you know, everybody ain't got no camera on them, although they got a camera on them, but you don't have a camera on you. So everybody has a role and place to play in society and we got to be the people to salute that. And if we got a lot of light, I always thought that the best light I could be is be a prism. You know what a prism does? Mm-hmm. It's like those crystals. Yeah. The lights come in and they and they and yeah. they go out. That's the job of a celebrity, especially hip hop is really good at it when it works at it. So Absolutely, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We got the icon. Yeah, man. Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. 
You guys can fill the garden by yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you know, you had mentioned the athletes. You had mentioned Stephen Jackson and his role um, in, in, you know, raising awareness and, and in the activism lane. Back in your time, when you mentioned the 60s, you, you also had John Carlos, Tommy Smith. Obviously, yeah. you, you had the global icon in Ali and, and all the things that he endured. You had Kareem, yeah. you had uh, um, Jim Brown and, 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 and so on. Today's age, you know, you have Kaepernick and all of that he's gone through. Now everybody's taking a knee. Le- LeBron is, is sort of, you know, looking for his lane. He's starting his school. He, he's starting his yeah. voter initiatives as well. Uh, but you right. also have, have Maya Moore, who, you know, at yes. the prime age of 28, the best female athlete in the, in the world, you know, put that all on the side to free her friend who was uh, wrongfully incarcerated and did like two decades in jail. What, what do you right. think about today's athletes and, and how they're using their platform uh, for activism and, and to affect change? They're unbelievable, man. They come no better than LeBron, man. When you're the top of the game and you actually going to make a statement that some people might feel like it might ruffle some, some feathers even all the way to the top, that means you're looking out more for more than yourself. And I think out of the 60s, understand entertainers and athletes, they did not start movements. They had to be in line of the movement. Mm-hmm. Kwame Torre, the great uh, Kwame Torre, AKA Stokely Carmichael told me, he said, yeah, you know, James Brown made that song, Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. But you know, for two years we was on his ass. So <laughs> the, the entertainers and the athletes that had a little bit of, of spotlight they had people right behind them says, yo, you gotta, you gotta drop one for everybody else that ain't gonna get on TV. Mm. And it was always a, concentra- a concentrated effort that your gains in society wasn't something that you wear on your chest and show it off to everybody. Mm. That wasn't going bode well either. You know, kind of like, you don't, nobody say you can't have what you can't have, but come, come on, man, in, in, in a face of people in a very desperate time, you gotta bubble under, man. You gotta bu- bubble under and go do an acting job, man, if you got to in order to fit in with the people. But if you had, you know, back then in the 60s, we had this amount of time to get exposed. Like I told you, if you saw black people on TV, that was a big, big thing. We only got five TV channels in New York. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, and then you don't take, you don't take uh, it for granted, man, when, when uh, in the last years of his of his life, man, I being invited to Gil Noble's show, he had a show called Like It Is in the seventies, yeah, where where they would have to have these shows after the forward movements of the sixties and seventies. They say, all right, we got our airways, you can come to us, and, and we got a little bit of real estate for you to get your word across. And these people made inroads and. You know, generations come and generations go. The generation that fought for it and then the generation that that, that relished in it, they move on and they transition out. The next generation might not have paid attention to it. And then it fades out as people transition on. So it's always a constant reminder that you need new blood, making new statements and, and being able to, to say, listen, I'm here in this present to be present and also to be able to put my foot forward when everybody else can't do it. So... Uh, big up to a lot of the athletes out there, not only in, in the visible sports of football and basketball, but in baseball. You know, I wear the P hat because of Roberto Clemente. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
and, and when I wore it, I wore it because I was a baseball fan. I'm aware of the P hat. They start making the black, uh, bringing back the black uh, P hats with the yellow P. And I wore that because I said, Roberto Clemente is my hero. A lot of cats start wearing it afterwards. I didn't know what they meant by wearing it. I saw, I saw, I saw Diddy wear it once. I said, do you really kind of know what this means, bro? But um, yeah, I mean, you, you make statements. This is why symbol, symbols move us forward. Also, symbol, symbols can be derogatory if you don't know the meaning. So it's best to have these interpreters, interpretations out there. And then curators. And that's why I look at you guys. You guys are curators uh, of the craft of basketball. You guys have a conversation that will actually mix the game and, you know, and also, you know, social connotations. They go hand in hand, man, because everybody's involved. Everybody's intertwined. Everybody's intertwined. You might see black ball players, but everybody's mm -hmm. invested in looking at this. And you know what? This is the thing about the United States of America. Mm -hmm. it, it falls short when it says it can't learn from black folks, <laughs> only except for ball and music and stuff like that. You can learn from anybody. Mm -hmm. And that's that's when this place is at its best, when somebody can sit down and say, you know what, no matter what you are, I'll cover my eyes up and I can learn something from you. This country has yet to come to that to that uh passage where they they could just say, you know, I can learn from 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 right. these people. I right. can learn from this community. Um it's a lot better than it was was because before it was all like this. No, I can't learn nothing. I can't yeah. I can't. I'm not I don't even know yeah. nothing about it. But now, at least it, with this movement came about, people say, you know what? I already kind of know this. I want to build on it. And I don't know this about them, but I want to know. Because mm -hmm. really, everybody's in this box together, man. For a force of that conversation, Absolutely. for sure. Yeah, they, they've learned from us. They just don't admit they learned from us. But that, that's a whole other <laughs> I'm not even... I'm well, not even... well, I mean, that's an honest thing, man. Because we, as Black folks, you got to admit who you learn from. I mean, the person... Uh, who, to me, I don't think he was a racially conscious dude at all, but he found a liking to me in high school. When I was in high school in 1976, you know, I was kind of a radical student, but this dude from that world and I'm from my world and he took me under his wing and everybody was bugging out. He said, you must have been the teacher's pet. I was great in architecture. I was great in design and, um, and I was kind of failing, but he kind of said, yo, man, you could do way better than what you're doing. And people were bugging out on our relationship, man. But you see the same thing also with coaches and ball players in, in the NBA. And that rubs off on a lot of people. We mm -hmm. just don't have a lot of things in society that 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 we can make these comparative analysis and say, this could galvanize you in your life at your job that you can learn from anybody. And some people can learn from you too. It's not really easily explained, man. Mm -hmm. And life is to actually know that you can learn from somebody and also teach somebody after you learn. Absolutely. Speaking of coaches and relationships and things, you, things of that nature, have you been a Knicks fan through many phases? Many he's an OG, JLs. He's seen it all. 67. He's seen yeah. all, all the good man. things there is to see, man. He's seen Every, it all. You've seen, seen, <laughs> seen it all. <laughs> there you know we go. Listen, George Kalinske. George Kalinske, right? 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 Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've had this book a long time. It's dog in. How about this? <laughs> Older than me. This is my man. <laughs> Earl, no, Earl, Earl the Pearl. Right? Exactly. The Pearl got. Yeah, he said, "Chuck, can you do a blurb for my nice, book?" I nice, mean, nice, nice. You gotta understand; these are heroes, man. And and and, and we spoke through culture and, and and music. I mean, and entertainment and sports because that was the open, the the obvious voice. I mean, 
I had the best father in the world. He's the king of kings. Outside of that, I found other people that I could also add in and compliment in there. So that was a beautiful thing. So seeing the heroes like later on, Kareem be befriended by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Dr. J, Earl the Pearl, you know, George Gervin, all these guys that rappers named themselves after, like Ice Cube named himself after after George Gervin. Hmm. Dr. Dre. Ice Man. Yeah, yeah, both yeah, Dr. Dre's yeah. named themselves after Dr. J, you know? Yeah. Earl the Pearl was in rhymes in the early 1980s, man, the late 70s, man. Earl the Pearl was in everybody's rhyme, man. Mm, I dope. mean, Dr. J was in rhymes. So, you know, later on, Daryl Dawkins comes out. He takes P-Funk. He starts rhyming. And so the interplay was ridiculous, man. But my thing back with the Knicks, I'm, I'm from New York, man. My father's a Knicks fan. My father's a Met fan. My father also is a Jet fan. Why was he a Met fan and not a Yankee fan? I tell people all the time, not in my house. Because <laughs> let me tell you, my father was like, yo, Yankees was next to the last team that put black people on the team. I was like, <laughs> That's whoa. Right. That's and it. my father would tell me at five, six, seven, eight years old, he said, oh, yeah, by the way, yeah. They had big power in the minor leagues. They didn't even want to bring them up, man. And it's like the Red Sox really ain't getting no love for me. So this is why I rarely ever you wore the Yankee, but, you know, I let it go. You know, time, <laughs> things change. But when you give them the information on why is what as a fan, it's to the point. So I've been a Knicks fan since 67. I cried when we lost to the Celtics. I didn't understand, but I really cried when we, when the, this is where I really cried. Because later on, I kind of got it more. Mm -hmm. I didn't take the championship. It really, we got the championship, but I really have enough pain invested in as a nine-year-old. But mm -hmm. I got it the next year because I thought the Knicks were going to win, and we lost to the Bullets. And John Tresvant in Game Seven, man, killed us, man. <laughs> Bradley missed the last, I think, a last-minute shot. Bradley missed the shot, and I was like, I couldn't believe it, man, because you know we just, you know, we we gonna get the chip again, right? Because the Knicks were going to face the Bucks, and the Knicks were beating the Bucks up all year long, and the Bucks faced the Bullets. Who beat you know who beat the Knicks mm -hmm. and they and they swept them four zips. So I was like, damn, that chip could have been ours two in a lost. row. And yeah. John, and look at you can look it up. John Tresvant. So when I actually mentioned it to the Pearl, he's like, start there. Uh, he's a Earl was like, oh man, my man John. <laughs> <laughs> so who who was your favorite player back then for the Knicks? Willis Reed, no question, the captain. man. Yeah, the captain. And then Walt Frazier, come on, man. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was just amazing growing. And then the best, best thing ever, right, was a book called The Open Man I read in fifth grade. Mm. And it was a day-to-day -day diary. I think Dave the Busher and Dick Shep. And they gave you the day-to-day -day diary on behind the scenes with the Knicks. Mm -hmm. And that's the best book ever, man. Best book ever for a kid, man. <laughs> so the that legendary really Dick hooked Shep. me in it. Yeah, man, that really locked me into the Knicks, man. Dave the Bush and Bill Bradley, come on, man. Dick Barnett, you know, fall mm -hmm. back, baby. Fall back, I mean, baby. We have never, we've never seen a jumper, we've yeah. never seen a jumper like that since, man. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, man. So talking about the Knicks, I'm not a person that just talks about back in the day. I like these times because of the energy, man. Mm -hmm. um, the leadership is the leadership is suspect because they seem <laughs> not to pick the right guys for the city. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, New York's New York is a melter, man. It will melt you, man. You microwave. come in soft in New York, yeah. Microwave square garden, y'all. <laughs> so you come in, man, the scopes is on you, and the scopes is bigger than ever before. You got social yep. media. Mm-hmm. New York was social media before social media. You know what I'm saying? That's it. That's now it. Now put That's social media on top of New York. It's another planet, man. So they get they get burnt up, man. Like like, like, you know, like caterpillars in the sun, the magnifying glass. <laughs> it's tough, Chuck. It's tough, man. Yeah, it's tough, man. But no, I feel y'all pain, man. Every day I watch y'all on TV, I'm like, man, I feel for these young guys, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's been, listen, man, That's rough. let's do the map. Let's do the map. I was I was 12, right, when we won the chip, man. I'm going, I'm turning 60 this year. So we got <laughs> Cub stories, man. We got Cubs stories. You, you, you know what, Chuck? But that that's why I had to embrace the Yankees. I had to embrace the Giants, at least to, to see some sort of championship. I'm not sure if it's going to happen for us. But at the same well, bro, time, I love the community that we're building here I, with Knicks fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 20,000 20, deep. When I was coming up, man, let me tell you, I'm a Mets fan. My boy who lives around the corner, he a Yankee fan. You know, oh. Reggie Jackson, Nettles, yeah. all the whole yeah. nine, right? So he rubbing it in my face until 86. <laughs> and all my giant homies I grew up with, I mean, they win a chip. Like The Giants win a, win a chip every eight years, man. Mm. And, and I'm like, damn, man, I've been waiting since 69, man, for the Jets, man. So, I mean, you know, but it's, it's what it is. So that's the beautiful thing about sports in New York, man. We agree to disagree. Yep. And, and, and the absence of sports right about now across the map it, it, it's hurting because it's a welcome distraction, yeah. And it's a teaching. It's a teaching vehicle to make you look at sports and also apply certain things to your life. You can, you ain't getting nowhere without work. Very few times you're gonna be a phenom and just phenom yourself through life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's impossible, man. You just can't. Yo, I'm a phenom. I'm blessed. I'm a phenom yeah. myself through life. W O R K. That's the thing that works. And then the rap field, man, I t- used to tell people all the time, I said, listen, yo, dog, I mean, you tell me what you want, but if you ain't got no words. I mean, how are you going to spit the best you can spit? You can't rhyme in circles. I yeah. mean, you might it, might. it might be something where a corporation salutes you, but you ain't rhyming in circles, man. You do it five years the most. You know, I, I'm, I'm going on my, what, 87 to two, 2020? Mm-hmm. And whether we whether we still at home or not, 116 countries. I played to four million people in the last four years. Profits are raised, a super group. Now, if you don't know, it don't mean that you know. Doesn't mean that it didn't happen. I tell people all the time, it ain't new just because you never knew. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, we had a fruitful existence, and and to make uh, a record for me and Flavor, or I mean, and call a primo to get on them, it's easy, man. It's that's just easy. I mean, and that's just. That's the uniform and that's the ball. Your game got to play with the song that you got and you got to be able to get it across, make deliver. it mean something. Yep, you got to deliver, man. Yeah, mean, deli- having story. a song, having a song that's popping off. I, I tell people all the time, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. That's like, that's okay, fantastic. That's like having a great handle. You still got to get to the hoop. You still got to get to the hoop, bro. And play some D. And play some D, too. You got to start backpedaling sure. against what's coming at you. So... It, to do it over and over and over again, I'm blessed to that be gauge, able to control gauge. my. I, I control my narrative, man. I control my narrative from day one because, as an MC, understand this: at 99 of all artists, recording artists, and MCs never had my story. 
Rick, Ru Rick right. Rubin chased me down for two years mm. to get me to do records. Mm -hmm. Understand mm -hmm. that? I got dragged in the rap by the Beastie Boys, Run DMC, and Rick Rubin to do records. But it wasn't, I wasn't gonna have that happen without my posse. That's why I say, yo, bum rush the show is when we all come in. Mm. Hank Shockley, Flavor Flav, Flav. you know, uh, Dre from Yo MTV Raps, mm -hmm. Professor Griff, Bill Stephanie. We all came in as one out of Long Island because we said, strength in numbers, man. We the original strength in numbers dudes, you know? And then later on, an uh, even more obscure place like Staten Island. Did I say that? <laughs> No, no shade, no shade to Shaolin, man. Big up Wu Tang, no, though, man. But, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Wu Tang put Staten Island really on the map. We had, yep, you know, sure. Force and Bees, and they had to take the ferry to to south of Manhattan, mm -hmm. and it was a very strong, very strong borough that usually kept people out of there. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's like you know what, Staten Island's gonna be there, but they're gonna control who get in there and who get out. But Wu-Tang came in and opened it up to the world, so they turned Staten Island into Charlotte. They know to come out of these places like Long Island and Staten Island that you have to come and strengthen numbers. So that's been my whole philosophy, even when I watch sports. I, I was wondering, like, damn, if the Golden State Warriors could play like that, how come the Knicks can't play like that? Strengthen numbers. So maybe that's, that's just be something that we look at. And you know what? New, the Knicks can't be bringing in more than three or four pretty players at a time, man. Like, <laughs> we need dogs, Chuck. Yeah, 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 we need yeah, some yeah, dogs exactly, in here, man. man. It's like, man, mm -hmm. it's like Pat Riley, man, who, listen, I'm, I grew up with Red Holtzman. Pat Riley, man, was, to me, as a Knicks fan, he delivered my most heartfelt, as I feel, years ever. He brought, I mean, and everybody thought that he gonna bring LA and Showtime. They, they didn't do their research. Pat Riley is hardcore, upstate, ugly ass, <laughs> Schenectady man. You know what I'm saying? Schenectady. <laughs> on a, you ever been in Schenectady on a, on a cloudy day, man? Really? Cloudy I day. mean, for real. I mean, nothing but despair Am out there, man. Amps Amsterdam, <laughs> New York, man. I mean, come on, man. So he knew how to really come down in the downstate New York. And break and pick up a star. I mean, galvanizer Starks who got picked up the year before. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Mason. Come on, man. Mm -hmm. Oak. Yeah. You know, galvanized Oak. Even guys like Anthony Bonner, he would bring in. Yeah, It'd be like, yeah. yo, it's gonna be a problem. X Man. Yeah, X Man. Fantastic man. interview. Appreciate watching the X Man. Yeah. I mean, it warm my heart, man. I said <laughs> X Man. Because yeah. when the X Man, I mean, I don't cry as a grown man. For too much stuff, but man, when X Men left, I was like, I was in tears, man. I was, like, <laughs> I was in tears. I mean, oh this can't God. happen, man. I, you know what? For the longest, I said Jordan. That was Jordan, man, that did that, man. He had to be, you know, Jordan had to had to orchestrate the X Men leaving. That's what I was thinking all the time. Man. Said, did it to Isaiah, did it to X Men, did it to yeah, yeah, man. But you know, it's different because you know, Detroit Pistons and all my people in Detroit, man. I mean. They were my surrogate team if we didn't do it. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I have family in Detroit and all that. Mm -hmm. Saying all the Piston dudes, we all know each other. So, okay. Zeke, you know, John Sally, Sally from yeah. Canarsie. You yep. know, they were all yeah, like, yeah. yeah, man, they were always like, I mean, Bring the Noise was their theme record, man, before mm -hmm. Can't Touch This. 
So I was like, you know, but you're gonna play my song, man. <laughs> That's your team, right? <laughs> but 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 then that, but that was a, sl- a saying in um in the Midwest. They said, yeah, man, I'm about to bring the noise on you, and they got it from us because I I don't know how I, I just made that up. And they, yeah, <laughs> and they it became it. a saying. They yeah, claimed they claimed it. it. Yeah, Detroit Pistons <laughs> gonna bring the noise, man. So it was you know, and also guys on the pool on the Bulls, man. I always worked with them in Chicago, like mm-hmm. Craig Hodges, mm-hmm. Scott Williams. You know, those cats, man, BJ Armstrong, those guys kind of worked in the hood. So, you know, they had MJ's back, you know what I'm saying? MJ wasn't going to bring that Lamborghini to Cabrini Green. Yeah, so, he but, had a supporting cast, man. Yeah, he had a supporting cast, and that's 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 what teamwork is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We're talking to the icon Chuck D. Yes. Throw a hashtag P.E. in the chat. You know, Chuck- yeah, man, my, my seat is worn out, man. CNN, TMZ, and all, but I'm I'm with my guys, so I yeah. so appreciate this, it. This appreciate is this is this is warm, man. I definitely love appreciate it. it. Appreciate all the support you've been showing us, man. It, well, uh, I'm like the I'm the OG. You know, like when they tell an OG to sit down, I'm that dude. Not only would I sit down, I'm gonna hammock it in the back. <laughs> <laughs> but at the age I am, if I can't teach, I shouldn't open my mouth to speak. So I keep it like that. Keep it real. Like all, that. all love, all, all love, God, man. But but you know, b- before Rhyme and Chuck, um, the visual arts. You know, graphic yes, design, that that was really your, your first love. And, and I, you know, when we talked about o- over the season, the Nick jersey, how much it has fallen off. And, right. and we coined the, the the Dollar Tree jersey. It's got to go, Chuck. They took away the yeah. arts. It, it's not the Dollar Tree jersey. It's the Dollar Tree font. The font. The, the font. font. JL, JL's got that artistic background. He just enlightened me on, too. He knows what I mean by that. Yeah, I know he's like, Dollar Tree font. Man, you went and got some press up letters and you you tacked them on the uniform. Listen, man, you're dealing with six six foot five and seven footers. You can deal with with fonts that arc, man. It's tall. It's fashion statement, man. Yeah, you man. don't you don't make a seven footer look like he's five two, man. <laughs> they got the muggsy they got the muggsy bogues font up on there, man. It's yeah, like it's yo, terrible, these are big man. dudes, man. It is terrible. <laughs> right. So, so Terrible, in, in the in the quickness, you know, you and I were talking about the, the history of the jersey and what were kind of some of your favorite designs, and you went right. ahead and, and made some custom mock-ups, man. And, you know, what mm-hmm. you, yeah. you think about these? Yeah, well, you gonna show them up there? You yeah, got yeah, I got there? them up. I got yeah, them up. Go. Yeah. Okay, because I can't see them on your screen, but I already made them, so I, 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 I would, I would say that. Listen, whoever does the Knicks alternative uniforms, they on point. Their their alternative jerseys are on point. Yeah. They're home yeah. in a way with the New York thing. Everything is right except for the font. Who came up gotta, with that? Got to change it. I don't know why they changed it, man. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know, know why man. they it. No, no knock on Dollar Tree unless y'all give us stock. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Trump for president who said, dude, we ain't saying we ain't saying you got to go home, but you got to <laughs> come out of here. Yeah. You know I, what I'm saying? I don't know what they were doing with it, man. But I, I love the sketches you made. Uh, very on point. The the ones you did for me, the, the I, I went with the all black look. I went with the all black look. All the, black, the fan right. base has been looking for um, the black design, so that's that's the one I I went with with the blue down the side, and I I like right. the um the sixty four the round ball logo the rounder logo that they had. I, I wasn't really feeling okay. the, the triangle ones all right, um right, but I, right, I, I like right. the old one that they were rocking back back in the seventies time. And even when Ewan first got there, early '80s, they still had that that round ball right. look, man. Right. The uniform, the uniforms, 
if we want to talk modern days, the uniforms that they had from 97 to yeah. 2003 were, were, were the best as they, they could possibly be. Great combination of, of black, orange, blue, mm-hmm. uh, white popping off the letters, man. All perfectly arced, man. You're dealing with two words, New York. You're yeah. not dealing mm-hmm. like with, you know, Indiana, you know, which you might be able to do, the, you know, <laughs> you might be able to do the, the, the Muggsy Bogues font, man. But really, New York, man, New York is big, man. It's like New York. I mean, you got to say yeah. New York like that, too. New York. You got to make it from New York. <laughs> New York. Throw some bass in that voice. Exactly. <laughs> really. And listen, man, people are like, man, I thought you from Long Island. My mother and my father born and raised on 151st street between broadway and Amsterdam. there you go that ain't new york man that's what city city man, been in your blood man mm-hmm. city been in my blood i mean the nets played you know the nets played on long island i'm right in roosevelt man dr j from roosevelt my dad would be like so you following the little nets or you sticking with the knicks <laughs> <laughs> hey we, the hey, we got we got eddie man. murphy out here in long island too come on chucky put long island on the map man no nah, i did not put long island on the map i, I <laughs> stamped it and i said we were proud coming from that's it belt. murphy i grew up with murphy man i'm a grade older than him. murphy used to knock on the door man like look for my sister i have to lie at the door for her. like she up there like nah nah and i'm like damn how you gonna just like say you say you <laughs> you know <laughs> You got to lie to the dude at the door, man. It's Your like, sister was like, curbing Eddie Murphy back in those days? That's crazy. She's curbing everybody. <laughs> what? And, and let me tell you, let me tell you, Eddie Murphy's the smoothest dude. He's been the same dude ever since. He, he he go to the park and shoes. He ain't playing no ball. He go to the handball court to talk to the girls. That's how smooth Eddie Murphy always was. Charlie was a thug. Charlie would tell jokes and have a gun in your mouth. It's like, <laughs> so it's, I know these guys, man. You know, even the younger guy, Vernon. Vernon uh, had a rap group, K9 Posse, man. I love those guys to death, man. And um, and rest in beats, uh, uh, yeah, Charlie, Charlie Murphy. Yeah, man. Rest yeah, in peace, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Murphy, I mean, those, for sure. Yeah, oh, man. I, I heard those Dave Chappelle stories, man, like 15 years before everybody else heard them. I was hearing those stories like forever, man. My man, big up to my man Ice Jason. He would come back off a tour and be like, man, tell me those stories. So <laughs> later on, when Dave Chappelle tells these stories with Charlie, I was like, wow, finally, 20 years later, these stories come out. Yeah, so that's how it. that's how life works. Yeah, yeah. Ta- talented family, man. Yeah. Yo, so, yeah. Chuck, so Chuck, um, I know you went to art school. <clears throat> of course, we had a little... Yeah. Behind the scenes. Yeah, I, I got, I got, I got a couple of degrees hanging on that wall out there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're my proudest achievement, along with uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame trophy. So they're all on the same wall out there. So. Nice, exactly. So I just want to know, like, I heard that you designed the logo for Public Enemy. It's like one of the best. It's like one of the. It's one of those logos as far as hip hop. Iconic. Still iconic. Yeah. Well, it was right meant to be iconic. Yeah, this is this. Uh, it was meant to be iconic. I mean, from the drawing stage, it's like minute one. Yeah. What we did back in the day, man, Hank and I used to throw gigs around Long Island, and Long Island was known for uh, like a rock band in there, but they have to leave Long Island. And so the rock bands wouldn't let rap in their clubs. And every time we used to see bands, they all had logos. All the rock bands had logos. So. Hank and I decided to say, we're going to give rap artists logos. And I used to make them for, for groups that didn't have them. And uh-huh. we had the best, our Spectrum City, we had the best logos. So I made the logo for this fictional group that we put on the flyer. 
And when I started Public Enemy, I snatched it back. <laughs> so, and I, I tell you, I, I tell you something. How is how is all relative here? You know, you saw last year uh, uh, the Brooklyn al- alternate jerseys. Yeah, yeah the yeah, best yeah. ones. Yeah, they were done by Eric Hayes, and mm-hmm. Eric Hayes was the was the graphic designer that did our Bumbuster show, our first artwork. He's the guy that cleaned up the logo. He cleaned oh, wow. it up. I mean, my, you know, to me, I was I, here's the logo. I'm gonna give it to you, so I'm bringing it ninety percent. But I ain't doing all that in a detail. And Eric cleaned it up. So that's how that's how we're all related, man. The stories go a long way. And last year, Eric Hayes did the, the Brooklyn alternative, the BKLN um, unis. So full circle, right? Yeah, that's great. Go figure. I, yeah, I, man. Absolutely, man. Chuck, Chuck, we know you, um, you're cutting close on time. Just want to ask a couple of rapid fire questions. Um, yep. Your top five by position favorite players you had to go point guard shooting guard small forward all time who would you say mm. you, 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 you five man i'm not good at i'm not good at giving a list because i i i it's, you got jordan you got lebron james man you got kareem abdul jabbar you know you got bird magic johnson you got i mean i it's hard for me to give a list man because i, I cover such a span of time yeah. as a fan man so it's unfair. Same thing with MCs and rappers. Yeah, I don't give a top five, man. I got I got a rotation of a hundred up in there in my head. Kumo mm-hmm. D did a book called "There's a God on the Mic." See, when everybody in hip hop and rap do a book, I'm usually the guy that got to do the forward. <laughs> the forward, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do the forward, man. So, <laughs> Mo D had to listen. Mo D was the first dude in rap that had a, had a report card. Mm-hmm. So that that along with picking ball i had to follow like dr j when i saw it was a program in dr j and they asked dr j's top five and doc said elgin Baylor, bill russell and then it was like yo so you're not gonna put jordan in there and, 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 doc, and, and, and doc said look you asked me for my top five <laughs> and it's hard i guess you know same thing with with, with, with um if you ask like john sally you know about Michael Jordan. He's like, I'm not all enamored. I, I competed against him, man. He's my he's my peer. So I'm gonna name my favorite when I was growing up. So me as just a fan, I mean, how could you not name Kareem? Yeah. You know, how could you not name Bird, Doctor J, Magic, Jordan, uh, Magic and Jordan, and then LeBron? What? LeBron is like. LeBron, hey man, listen. LeBron been stopped these last two years, man. He got stopped last year because of a rare injury, and he got stopped this year because of everything, Coffee, right? Yep, right. You can imagine in his head, man. You damn right, he's gonna come out and make some social. Oh yeah, he's, he's statements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna come out and be mad on a lot of things just on GP. Yeah, Maverick, go out there and say that. Well, you know. LeBron James did eight years in a row of the finals, and the last two years have been a Gotta nightmare. Not because of him. Yeah. So I mean, so this is this is you know you give props to people like that because he's been amazing. That's amazing. Got to respect. La- and, 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 and here's another thing we got to respect, whether mm-hmm. we like it or not. Right. Mm-hmm. The World Championship is a two-year reign by a team in another country where basketball started, whether we like it or not, the Raptors are still champions. Our division rivals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who've been kicking our ass 
all all century long. The Championship is, is hiding north of the border, man, for sure. I'm yeah. trying to. I'll drive away. I'll drive away, dog. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, so I mean, we mm. gotta pay attention to that, man. It's like the way they put that team together, man. Is just like it's amazing, man. It's amazing. And I, I mean, damn, we can't get our nose above water. So, trying, trying, I mean, man. I, I hope Steve Mills was a better basketball player back in the day than he was an executive, Chuck. Because I don't yeah. know, man. We've been kind of set back. I know you don't want to, you know, that's, that's your boy from, from back in the day. Hey, you know Steve, what I'm Steve Mills, Doug Mills, those are my boys. You know, I think if I have to say anything, he put a lot of situations under the cap. And um, he brought he he brought players in that came to fix something. I don't know what happened. Yo, everybody tried to act like Phil Jackson has the hedge clippers. Phil Jackson <laughs> brought in the hedge clippers, man. Steve Mills was running the garden. He wasn't running the Knicks. This yeah. dude brought in the hedge clippers and start cutting like, like you know, high top things, man. Blind, blindfolded. <laughs> Cass, Cass is, yeah, blindfolded. Cass is getting out of the Nick barber chair like, yo, this dude gotta go, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, and understand, you know, I'm growing up. Phil Jackson, you know, we they mauled out with the Hickos. Phil, Phil the windmill, you know, like, and then Phil Jackson became this basketball guru under Red Holtzman. And but you know, as with everything, man, mm. sometimes I mean, because you're good and you're great, sometimes you hit that dead road and some things gotta end, or you or you catch the L. He mm. caught an L that we might not be able to get out of, man. I mean, we might get out of the pandemic quicker than losing seasons. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, so whenever somebody throws something at Mills, I'm saying Mills ran the garden. He was like, oh, he could get you in on, on a skating, you know, you know, maybe get, get you in a WNBA game and stuff like that. And then they say, okay, listen, come in today. But he inherited a monster, man. He had a monster. I thought that the Knicks, when we had, Woodson, the first time around, what was wrong with that? Ask Phil. You got to ask Phil, man. He wasn't Derek Fisher. He, yeah, he, he wasn't his triangle coach. He, he, I don't know what Phil was trying to do, man. And you know what? Here's, 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 a, here's a note that I bring this up to tell you how much a Nick fan I am. Mm-hmm. Where I'm at, 3,000, 2,000 miles away, me and my dad would watch the Knicks, the Knicks, right? He in Atlanta. I'm West Coast. So I'd be like, all right, I ain't going to talk to you. Stuff like that, you know, like and then we see something going on with the Nick. My my father like, you know that poor Zingas, he needs to gain some weight, man. He ain't gonna be around for long. He's gonna get hurt. They're like, all right, Dad, all right. But coincidentally, on a note that that was a note I couldn't bring up before, my dad passed the day that Derek Fisher got fired. Man. Oh wow. So oh. I never could you know, of course I'm in a swirl after that. Yeah, but yeah. I could hear my dad that day, like, look, man, this dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a trip, man. It's a, it was, a, it's a trip, you know. So that's how long I've been a Nick fan to the point where it could really. I don't, I don't my dad. I don't have my dad no more to go back and forth with the frustration. Mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. kind of like lived that through you guys without Shame, interjecting man. or interacting, man. But that, that's that. And I'm telling you, my dad sat me at his knee at 67. So we had like from 67 to 2016. I'll go figure out the math, right? Yeah. So yeah, so so in and in, in that replacement, seeing you guys also with the help of technology and social media, not having to wait always for something on TV to present the NBA and then get around to the Knicks, mm-hmm. you know, that on that high level, it's cool, but from the seat level, 
nothing could beat that, man, because you get the real of the real. And Spike has been inviting me to Nick Nick games since the 80s, and I keep telling Spike, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to sit next to you in a Nick game, and we never have ever done it. <laughs> but, but you know, we're going to catch up. My mom went to high school with Cal Ramsey, so, you know, yeah. I mean, for years, I went. Uh, last time I was, I went to the garden and uh, and uh, Stephen and brought me up, and I saw Cal Ramsey. He said, "Say hello to your mom and all that." So uh, I mean, dope. you know, we 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 intertwine, 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 because you know, we, I get I get it wherever I go. Cats be like Knicks, and they expect me as a Nick fan, all of a sudden, not be a Nick fan because we ain't winning. I mean, that that's some. To me, I think that's a millennial yeah, issue. Nah, I can't like, do that. Yeah. You, you, nah, you we, we don't jump shit, man. We don't jump shit. It's like, come on, man. Matter of nah. fact, it's a beauty in coming up, man. It's a beauty in coming yeah. up. Like, I, I would I would say this case in point. Mm. I, You know, looking across when the Pistons were coming up. Couldn't you just see that? Because the Knicks were also finding our way. But the Pistons, they start coming up. They were playing in the Silver Dome, and they had Trapuca. And, and, and Isaiah came in there and they start adding these little pieces and Sally goes there from Georgia Tech and Rodman comes out of nowhere and Chuck Daly comes from the Sixers and the Cavaliers and you just start seeing these pieces come in there and we're like, whoa, they put something that seemed like out of nowhere. And then the Knicks were assembling ourselves and with the Patino and then went the Pat Riley. So these things don't happen overnight but they happen with specific moves that also the fans could feel man but i do i said man it's not a beauty pageant playing in new york and if it was that was back then in the future it's only going to be a bigger microwave man it's going to be harder than ever True. and i don't believe i don't buy into that well cats don't want to come to new york because of da 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 nah man because when you big in new york playing basketball and that and that garden is set off there ain't no other Nothing, place. No, and no I played like all it. those places. I played every arena, man. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you. Garden? And I played the Garden three times, yeah. man. Well, yeah. What was your favorite memory at MSG playing yeah. as, as an artist? I got a few. Okay. Uh, one time I went there, it was just us and Anthrax. Right. And it was like, it was funny because all the fans, they had burned seats. I'm like, this one's <laughs> going down. <laughs> I mean, they burned seats. It was mega death. It was, a, it was an all metal tour, man. It was yeah. like burning seats in the garden. I'm like, what I mean, a black person ain't getting away with lighting a match up in here. They were burning. Megadeth went on. They were burning seats, bro. Out in the garden. I guess they say if they burn it down, all these fans can pay for it. But you know, a rap concert comes in there, man. Yeah, you like what's you know, going on? Yo, man, eighty-seven Rebel Without a Pause comes out, man, and you know, the crowd at my rookie year looked like a giant pizza. Mm. So here I'm in New York. You already you getting drowned out by request, and I got a whole section for cousins and all that. <laughs> and, and the record was the hottest record in New York at that time. Mm-hmm. We set it off. Place goes bananas. Cats Brooklyn is running through the aisles, turning cats <laughs> upside down, ripping goofy <laughs> earrings out of out of six. The stick ears. up I'm kids like, are running through it. <laughs> yo, man, it was a Latin quarter that flew to twenty thousand. Man, it was like. Yo. <laughs> We couldn't stop the song, man. So, um, another memory of the garden, you know, uh, we're against 40 ounces. So I bring a bunch of, you know, like eight MC, you know, Naughty by Nature, mm-hmm. Queen Latifah. Um, you go ghetto boys, bring them all in the garden. And we, we did a rallying campaign. And I had the giant malt liquor bottle, man. And, and, and we desecrated and hung a Klansman in the garden. So, I mean, 
that's public enemy for you, man. And man. so, uh, yeah, my guys, man, I mean, seriously, uh, they got stories to tell. Yo. <laughs> it's like, we're a family, trust me. I like family. We see family when it's time to get down, but it could be like a barbecue, bro. It could be like, <laughs> it could be like a barbecue. <laughs> Yo, do you know, like me, look, look, me, Flavor, and Dennis Rodman, post-concert, Dennis Rodman was a voice of reason. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Dennis was a voice of That's reason, all you man. need to know yeah. right there. That's got flavor, got flavor in Dennis. And Dennis is explaining. Dennis is the voice. That lets you. I tell you. I tell you, man. Yo. So I've had some times. Oh, man. Yo, Chuck, did you, man? You, you mentor Buster Rhymes, right? Mentor is not the exact word for them. We kind of gave them their names. Uh, we kind of gave them their, their blueprint. Yeah, I named Buster Rhymes off of a, a dynamic halfback uh, for, who played for uh, Oklahoma or Nebraska. There was a guy named Nebraska, the young guy called I Am Hip. And, but yeah, Buster Rhymes played for Oklahoma as a mm. tailback in the 80s. And, you know, Buster's 5%, man. You want to be Taheem. I'm like, bro, there's 12 million Taheems out there, bro. Take this name and run with it, bro, and don't oh, look back. Yeah. So he begrudgingly took the name and ran and never looked back. And, never and, looked and, back, man. Yeah, it's like, and he thanks me every day. But I said, Buster, you have to thank me for the name. You got to grow into the name. You, yeah. you lived up. To, I gave my other name. I gave other MCs names, too. They didn't live up to it. Buster lived up to his name. He's Buster Rhymes. I he didn't see it. The, he didn't see it the first day. For as they don't, they normally yeah, don't see it. Like see Termin it. Terminator X stared at me, man. I'm like, listen, this is good. This is better than Melo G. Yeah, Melo right, right. This is better than Melo D. <laughs> he didn't I'm, see the vision. If I could change my name, I would change it from Chuck D. But I could be the D here. You got to change that up, bro. We going into yep. the to the middle to late '80s, so <laughs> yeah. market yourself. Yes. I always thought Split Star came about was because of, you know, Flavor Flav was to you guys. Was Split Star inspired by Flavor Flav? That that whole formula comes from you guys. I always wanted to know that. Yeah. Well, but the but the the animation also is in Buster too. So yeah. Buster's also inspired and with an animated way, especially in the videos. But we 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 did that thing because we used to drive trucks around New York for moving furniture for my pops. And so I'm getting ready to go back to Spectrum City and, and make me a, a, a tape and for the, the for our radio shows, WBAU on Long Island at Delphi University. Mm -hmm. So I'm make I'm we moving the furniture and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go back and make this this promo tape for the show and all that. Cause we didn't have enough rap records. So I, they would think that these were records the way that we created these songs, these commercials uh, drops. And um, that was out of the James Brown, Bobby Bird vernacular. You know, James Brown, everybody over there, get on up. Everybody mm -hmm. over there, get on up. Uh, um, also, Cold Money and, and the great Schoolie D had a record called PSK and also Gucci Time was the B-side. Mm -hmm. And on Gucci Time, Cold Money, who's the DJ, is talking to Schoolie, and that's how they led in there. So Cold Money is setting up Schoolie. He's talking, Schoolie talking to him. He's talking about, yeah, they some suckers, and then go right into the song. So I said, yeah, that's what you do, Flavor. You you be that, lead me in the song, stay out of the way, come back in, and we got to the end of this tape, man. It's making a point, 
and we get BAU on the map. So that's that's yeah, how that, that's, that's how it was. Up, man. I, Flavor I, Flav invented the role of hype man. For there sure. Is no, yep. There's For no sure. du- duplicate. He's only been imitated, never ever duplicated. The buck stops and starts <laughs> with him. It's only one. And, and you know, if y'all might have heard about the Flavor Flav Chuck D beef, listen, man. At the end of the day, there's one dude in charge. I don't know if I could put a last dance together, but seriously. <laughs> <laughs> if I did, it would be just as entertaining. Trust me. I believe it. I believe more. it. I believe Trust it. me. But I'm like, he's my dude. But dude. This ain't gonna work if you don't work. And I, I'm always on them about yeah. work. Listen, if you're gonna work, if you want to work, then we gonna work and we gonna work. work. So yeah, you know, somebody could get embedded in their lawyers and their business teams and that's cool. But I said, if, if you do it the wrong way, I'm gonna sit you down and talk to you the same night and bring you back. And that's what that's about. I will sit you down and bring you back. Because at the end of the day, man, it's about the team. This is a bunch of us, and we all got to roll together. You might mm-hmm. you might be the star, but it ain't going to work with you alone, and it ain't going to work with me alone. So if you're going to work, you got you, you know you got to got to you got to at least be Pippin. You got to be Pippin and Jordan. And me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean Pippin and Rodman. Yeah. No, no, my bad. Pippin and Rodman. As and you that said, conversation in public enemies conversation. There is one Jordan there, so duh. So that's how you got. It. I mean, although I like to say that I'm, I'm more like Isaiah into the Pistons, so right. that's that. So yeah. So anyway, enough bulk and that, but that's where that comes from. Flavor's the best in the world. He's producing an album right about now, and okay. uh, we're releasing an album, um, hopefully on my birthday on August first, um, and also Griff's birthday called "Nothing's Quick in the Desert" with six additional cuts and. State of the Union is one of those songs. Mm. And um, mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm about looking at young energy, but I curate hip hop every week on, on And You Don't Stop, which is my show that goes through Pacifica for 11 years in a row. Mm-hmm. And Rap Station has 10 station channels dedicated to curating rap. We got an all woman station called C Radio. And y'all out there in, 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 um, in the crowd right now, Knicks Fan TV, and uh, Nick of Time, go to rapstation.com forward slash app, and it'll tell you everything from that point on. So we create our own, you know, apps instead of being victim to what all the social yeah. media platforms are doing. Like, it works for sports, but when you're taking what, what you've seen happen, when you start seeing DJs go into their social media and playing a set, Man, get no, you got you get clipped because yeah. publishing companies yeah. and licensing mm, operations want to stop that. Mm-hmm. And then also you got Spotify and all these things that people get the music through, and that is tightly controlled. You gotta do your own so D Nice had a relationship with Instagram, which cleared the music that he was going to play. Mm-hmm. Everybody else with a DJ set, you will be notified and shut down. So yep. what we do at Rap Station, we build our own system. So you know. We not one hack away. All the all the big other situations, they one hack away. Yeah. We not one hack away. So, because we're small and we're stealth, so it is a lot of things to learn. You could get in where you fit in. It's a beautiful thing, and we learn from the world of sports. And like I told you before, CP, and I say uh, JLs is that I learned from you guys' ability to understand your 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 ability to to work with the technology get it to work in futuristic ways 
have a fan base that stays loyal and connected to y'all and, and staying integrated with them. You know, a lot of small movements add up to a general population movement, which is a good thing going forward for the love of the game, uh, a fan of the team. So the big situation can't take care of people as well as y'all take care of them, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, the MSG as a broadcast network got to do broadcasting. Right, Y'all right. very specific, man. Y'all going peer-to-peer, one-to-one, engaging with the fan base, even being able to have disagreements on the one-and-one. Big situations don't have time for that. Yeah. So, so there's a need and a necessity for this to be a full community of interaction because it all adds up. It, it makes me feel closer as a fan. I mean, I can't rely on just, you know, the MSG to be the fan alone and catch it when I catch it. You know, this is a beautiful thing and it, and, it, and it's sort of new. So this is it's a, it's a great thing. And then I always see it getting bigger. And I also see other cities having their fan bases and their teams, although it ain't going to be as fly as y'all. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, hit really, that I, thumps I, up I, button for your booze. I, I, don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think the Sacramento King can bring the seat, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heat, man. King's like, fan TV like, might not be hitting yeah, that hard, Chuck. Nah, nah, even the Clippers ain't hitting, man. The Clippers ain't. <laughs> I mean, trust me, I go everywhere and I see the fan bases. I mean, you go to Indiana. And the Pacers fans who've been there since Mel Daniels and Roger Brown and all those ABA days, yeah. they a little bit like, you know, all those <laughs> old ABA teams are like, yo, right, right. But a lot of these teams got Johnny come lately uh, flighty fans, man. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they shake their heads when they look at a Nick fan and they shake their heads and blame me for being on some arrogant New Yorkish. So I'll be like, well, <laughs> so that's just what it is, you know? Absolutely, man. Well, well, Chuck, man, we have so much more we want to talk about, but we, you know, you got to run, man. But um, yeah, as I said, I'm, we, I'm, we appreciate. I'm in the, I'm in the back. You guys know I'm in the back. I don't like to bring myself in front. It's about the fans' voice, man. It's about their voice, and they all have be having me cracking up. And when I see fans up there pop up the, the statements, I'll be like, "Yo, go get them." Man. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, we, so, yeah, I we mean, got I Ari. We got Ari ready to check yeah. in on everything. Yeah, so. Ari, what's up, man? And all that. <laughs> So I'm going to move to the side like they tell OGs, yo, OG, sit your ass down. Man. So nah. I said, nah, I'm going to sit down. No, 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 JL, I'm going to sit my ass down. Now nah, you welcome here. I, always, I know, always, I know I'm welcome, but sitting is a fantastic thing. Man. I, took the, I took the year off, dog. Uh, absolutely, Salute to man. y'all, man. Salute Chuck, thank, thank you so much again for the time. And, right. and, uh, right. and we'll, we'll talk. Enjoy. Have a happy birthday as well, man. Have a happy 60th as well, Chuck. Word, happy 60s. Uh, I'm a month away, so, you know, we count the days. <laughs> we count we count the days in these unpredictable times, so thanks a lot, y'all. Absolutely. Peace out. Chuck D, so to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Thumbs up button for your boys. Another epic, epic interview, JL, is salute again to the icon Chuck D. Sheesh, sheesh. Let, me, um, let me get you in here. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Let me just um, sift through here and get Jalis on here. All right, man. So much we have to talk to him about, Jalis. You know what I mean? It, it, this this got to come across on m- multiple shows, man. It can't be just one, bro. Yeah, this is this is like a twelve parter. Yeah, yeah. It can't <laughs> can't be just one with Chuck D, man. He, this he, is a he, he's got yeah. too much knowledge, man. It's too much. This is yo. We had questions. We didn't even get to. Yeah. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a ton. 
a, a ton, man. But um, no, we, we we definitely appreciate the OG for sliding through, man. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, man. Um, some points. Uh, where the activism came up, it didn't even, it didn't even click to me that he kind of grew up to the sixties, but it all makes sense why he came up. You know, why why he made songs like "Fight the Power" and stuff. And he he grew up during that civil rights movement, so right. That kind of stuck stuck out to me. Um, it's weird saying it's weird hearing like an icon say, "Yo, I learned from you guys." That yeah. is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Well, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a generational thing. Um, yeah, and I think we all, you know, we have to learn from Gen Z. We as millennials have to learn from Gen Z. I mean, if you think about it in a sports context. You know, the Gen Z, that generation, they don't consume sports uh, in the similar fashion that we do, right? This is how you have the rise of a house of highlights and all the clips and highlights is everything now because the tension spans are shorter. The way they consume everything is shorter. This is why you have the rise of the Snapchats and the TikToks and the Rick Rocks, whatever the case. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just because of those generational shifts. Yeah, we got to learn from all the generations and put put all that knowledge to build something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like he said, you know, think about the time when he came up, the assassinations. You had um, the assassination of Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, RFK. You had the Vietnam War, you know. That's a, that's a crazy time, man. Imagine who came up during that time, man. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, it's a difficult time right now, but those days, you know, we've, we've, we've certainly made some progress, man, and way more to go. But, um, you know, those times, those were epic times in, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, game-changing moments in yes. our history. Exactly. That time, man, that, for, for, for Black people in general, that was a time where we made a huge leap in progress, yeah. you know, in, in terms of that, that, that move towards equal rights. Still not completely yeah. there, but that was a huge time, and he was there for that, so that was it's crazy. He, he, he was there about. for it. And you think about, you know, there was a lot more um, education around being uh, socially conscious and knowledge of self. And he spoke about um, going to Adelphi University, Hofstra University was the same thing. They had those, you know, um, they would bust the kids in, free breakfast, all of that. And then you would learn, you know, African history and African studies. And and again, really, really gain that, that knowledge of self. So those times it was, like he said, from James Brown on. You know, it, it was on in, in terms of, of your pride and, and carrying that forward in, in your message. Exactly. And even the way he kind of moves with us, CP, like, he re- he bigs us up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a lot. Well, remember, bro, remember when me and you went to um went to the game? We went to one game. And we was, we was strategizing, like, should we do the podcast thing, do the video thing, so on and so forth. I was like, yo, stay with the video. I was like, you just never know who's going to be watching. Yeah. Right? Soon as we walked through to the metal detectors, it was like the NYPD was like, "Yo, I love your show." Go upstairs. There's another person like, "Love your show." Here's some, here's some, you know, drinks, whatever, whatever. You just never know. And then shortly after that, he sent out a tweet on Twitter, and that was like, you know, let us know that that he was tuning in. And so, you know, the support's been there ever since, and definitely appreciate it. Definitely appreciate it, man. Is that time? That time period was everybody lifting everybody up. Yeah, that yeah. was. That was that era when that's what, what that's what they did, and mm-hmm. salute to Charlie B. O. G. Salute to the O. G. Continuously well, shout us out on to Kobe on wherever he goes. And True. She continues to shout us out. So shout True out story. 
True story, man. Um, let me salute everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. A couple super chats that come in. Mr. Durant, he sends us a super chat. He says, um, thank you for supporting people like CP and Jay Ellis. Oh, this is with Chuck D. But will he do another masterpiece basketball soundtrack like he got game? One of my favorite movies for sure. Or something else in that manner. P.E. and D-Rule. Blessings to Chuck D. Salute to Mr. Durante. He Got Game was um, one of my favorite movies. Salute to Spike as well. Um, like, so much we wanted to cover with Chuck, man. Just you can't get it all in in, in one yeah. second. We didn't even get to the half like plane. And yeah. Yeah. We didn't even get to the half. Get to the half. Um, salute to Shells Heavy. Salute to Shells. He says CP and JL. So our Clyde Frazier and Pearl Monroe. Knicks fan TV joined the movement. <laughs> hey, Shell's been rocking with us since since day one, man. Shell's yeah, been man. rocking with us since day one. So appreciate Shells for that for sure. Um, Marlon LaCroix. Send us his five-hour super chat. Just keep up the great work. Salute to Marlon and salute to Black Bolt. I'm trying to read the comment here from Black Bolt. He says, "Um, Chuck dropping dimes. What a surprise show!" Yeah, man. Chuck Chuck has definitely been dropping dimes and still working. J. Ellis, you know, he he talks about you know moving to the side, but he got an album coming out. <laughs> you know, they just dropped a single. Yeah. They had the Fight the Power remix. Nas, Black Thought. I, I was going crazy when I seen all of them together. Um, Sunday night, so that that was a pleasant surprise as well. For sure, for sure. And should be talking like he's an artist too. Like, yeah. For those people who are artists, because I am an artist too, with art school as well. Artists don't like to be in front of the camera, see. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, don't like mm-hmm. to be in front of the camera. So I could I could see why he's like I don't like that. I like this stuff. Like, yeah. But yeah. we need we need you. We need you in front of the camera sometimes to hey. speak to the. We have a wealth of knowledge, and you've done so much. You just, be on front of the camera, so embrace true that story. Too. True story. Free, uh, Fritz, Fritz in the chat. He shouted us out on Jalen and Jacoby J. Ellis. Yeah, you know what I mean. Gotta, gotta appreciate that, man. Absolutely, gotta appreciate that, man. Got to, got gotta to. Um, let's go to the phone, Jails. We got uh, Josh from San Diego on the line. Has been, has been waiting. Um, Josh, how you feeling? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yep, loud and clear, bro. Good. Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, yeah, I just wanted to call in. Um, first of all, I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, congratulations mm-hmm. on a great interview with Chuck D. He's a Thank legend. You. Thank you. Uh, you guys keep up the good work. Thanks, bro. <clears throat> um, uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, the Knicks coaching search. Um, I've been hearing that the Knicks are, you know, doing getting all these big names and they're trying to go after these big names. But I think that is a huge, huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, I am an I am an advocate for Mike Miller taking over this job on a permanent basis. Um, the reason being is because last year, um, after the whole Fisdale situation, Mike Miller showed shows some things to show that he was able to properly develop players. And also the Knicks are just not at the point yet where they need to make the sexy hire. They're not at that point yet where they need to go to the next level. If you look at the last six NBA champions between the Golden State Dynasty and then uh, Cleveland and even Toronto, they had – you know, coaches that got them to one point, and then they hired a new coach to take them to the next level. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Casey, two-time coach of the year, gets fired. Nick Nurse comes in. Of course, Kawhi coming helps helps a lot, but they were able to get over the hump. Mark Jackson, we, we all know what a phenomenal coach he was. He got fired uh, after he developed those players, and then they got Steve Kerr, took them over the hump. Um, Cleveland had David Black. That's a different story. But my whole point is I think Mike Miller, the Knicks are just not at the point right now where – they need to go out and make a fancy hire, hire someone to come in, and then the expectations are going to grow just because we have that sexy hire. 
and the yes. Knicks are not going to win any anyway for another three, four years yeah. until they get a superstar. And, and that guy so, gets. Fired. I'm a big advocate for Mike Miller. I'm not sure how you guys feel about and, that. And that guy gets fired in two years. He he has a yeah. point, Jails. And appreciate the call, Josh. Salute to San Diego as well, West Coast. Um, somebody I made that point a, a while back. I forgot who it was, but I I hear those those points of people's you know concern with the splash hire, mainly Tibbs, really. Yeah. Because with that comes the expectation that he's going to be a miracle worker. Yeah, exactly. And listen, I, I've said this on the show before. Mike Miller already has kind of a rapport with these guys. Systems in place. They already, these players already know what to expect from Mike Miller and already know what to work on. So a consistency in voice with some of these young players, I think would be a good thing. Frank already knows he has to work on paint touches because he already told him. Knox already you know, knows he has to work on defense because Mike already pulled out. Just keep going in that direction. And I think to me, it would be fine. Like to me, it's Mike, Mike, to me, it's Mike, Kenny, and then everybody else after that. Yeah. I don't think that he's going to get it. Maybe they keep him in the organization in some capacity. I don't think he's going to get the job. I think they're, they're interviewing way too many candidates for him to be the front runner. I highly doubt he gets it. Um, but maybe they keep him in the organization. We did hear real quick news that had come across today was that um, they, they're considering building another bubble site in Chicago for the eight non-Orlando teams to go. Now, on the conference call today, we're all we're with seven teams. The Knicks skipped it because they were in the middle of interviewing Jason Kidd and Will Hardy from San Antonio. But what all the what all the beat writers are saying is that the Knicks are not too thrilled with the idea of, of doing that. Yeah. Your thoughts? I mean, to be expected, half of these guys on this roster right now probably, you know, might not be here next season. So if yeah. I'm a free agent, why am I going to risk, you know, my health and, and well-being mm-hmm. to play for a team who might not have me in a few months? Like, it's, it's just too much risk to play. So yeah. I... I'm not, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if accept this. And plus, you got to think that, um, number one, the free agents on the non-guarantees, right? On, mm-hmm. on the non-guarantees. All the free agents that you brought in, none of those guys are going to play. And nope. and the Knicks wouldn't, wouldn't let them play because they have no idea in terms of business how they're going to proceed with these guys. So you wouldn't even have them. Good now, point. it would be good to get you know, RJ, some run, Iggy together. Maybe Kenny's Kenny's hand is healed up. Maybe Kenny caught up the G League squad. Knox, you know, that'd be a nice. I'll be I'll be into that. We could get some post game lives going in September. I would definitely be into having like the young Knicks with the G League Knicks. Yeah, and covering that, I would be ecstatic. To yeah, watch that. I, I would watch that for sure. But that's what we wanted anyway. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what we wanted. That that's what we wanted. So I don't know. It seems like the Knicks are not too enthused about it. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. But one person we got to get to, J. Ellis. Uh, when it was announced that Isozo would be departing the Knicks, uh, our friend Ari was on a date, J. Ellis. He did not call in. The fan base was waiting to hear from Ari from Manhattan. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah. Yeah, Ari was on a date. Ari was on a date, bro. While Isozo was being cut yeah. from the, he was on a date. Yep. Ari, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ari. There are things that are more important in this date. <laughs> Ari, Ari, talk to us, man. 
Talk to us, man. The, the floor, hey, the floor you guys is can yours. Hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Yeah, the floor yeah. is yours. All right, all right. Um, first of all, first of all, um, that was an awesome interview, man. Chuck D is obviously a real fan. You could tell by the way he talks, and he obviously really respects you guys a lot. Um, and you could tell he watches the show because I, I'm still kind of in shock. He shouted me out. Um, <laughs> so CP, CP the finger painter, if you're watching, just know that Chuck D shouted me out, bro. So yeah, yeah there's been some side beef right going on between so, CP the artist the and Ari painter? as well, man. Yeah, there's been some beef. There's been some DM beef between oh, Ari and CP God. the artist. So we could have a battle of the fans brewing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, come on! You're not. Gonna, I mean, I just got endorsed by Chuck D, man. Who does he have endorsing him? <laughs> Serge. I made that dude also. But whatever. Forget about that. So, yo. So yeah, I was on a date with Isozo, and um, I heard I was. I, I watched the rerun, obviously, and I was looking at the chat, and um, you know, there's a couple myths I just want to get straightened out with regards to this Isozo stuff. Scandal, first of all, this is a scandal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I want to just dispel of some myths right now. Okay. Okay. So like. The first thing about that he plays no defense, right? Nobody on the Knicks plays defense besides Frank or Mitch. Nobody, okay, besides Frank or Mitch, all right? Julius Randle plays even worse defense. Kevin Knox plays worse defense. Um, Bobby Portis plays no defense. And um, I just don't understand why there's always a double standard with Isozo where it's like everyone else gets a pass, but Isozo doesn't get a pass, right? It's like... I find it ridiculous. Everyone points out his lack of defense, but they don't point out the lack of defense for anyone else. I think that's ridiculous, okay? Second of all, what player like doesn't have flaws in their game? Like, Frank can't score. He's probably the worst offensive player in NBA history. Well, I know not, not last year or the year before that, I think, he had statistically one of the worst shooting years of any starting any guard or starting guard in history, right? And no, no one gives him any problem about that. But people are going to, like, castigate Isozo like he's some cancer because, you know, he's he can create his own shot and, you know, he doesn't pass the ball as much as, you know, other people. But they, they don't say anything about Julius Randle when he turns the ball over 100 times, right? <laughs> Here's the facts. We don't have any scoring on this team. That dude is instant buckets, all right? The fact that we let him go to sign someone, and I swear to God, dude, I didn't even know this dude, Theo Pinson, was in the league. I didn't know who he was, bro. And then someone told me that he's the dude on the bench with the cornrows who's doing the Takashi 6-9 dance when they score a basket, and like he's like a cheerleader, and we, we basically traded him. We, we basically let Isozo go for him, who I didn't even know existed. You know, I just think it's like, I think it's a... I think it's disastrous. I think it's absolutely pathetic. If you didn't want to, if you didn't want to keep him on the team, you should have at least traded him and got something for it. Well, all right, fair. or packaged him with something else. That's fair. Letting him go for that is just atrocious. And here's what my real thing is about. Mm -hmm. Right, I don't think this is a Leon Rose thing. I think this is a James Dolan thing, honestly, with this Isozo thing because it's too shady, man. Anyone who knows basketball knows that creating your own shot, getting your own bucket, and you know. You know, he's a, he had an amazing, he had a great rookie year, and he got no playing time. It doesn't make any sense. It's not like he didn't get, like, you know, yeah. 10 minutes a game, 15 minutes a game. He didn't play at all, okay? Didn't play so at all. it makes me think that there's something, and, and it was like that with Mike Miller, it was like that with David Fisdale, and it was like that with Leon Rose and females and everybody. So I think it's a James Dolan thing, and personally, I think that 
James Dolan, and I'm just going to say it, man. I think James Dolan thought Isozo had the plug with Kevin Durant, and I think he knew that he was spending all this time with KD over the summer. And when KD went to Brooklyn, he thought Iso was out, and he basically itched. Nope. Hmm. Lost him. He was so passionate, we lost him. I didn't, I didn't. And, even... um, oh, there you go. The okay. last thing I want to mention, the last thing I want to mention real quick mm-hmm. is that this thing about patience, right? Like, we have to have patience, right? That argument we got in last time. Mm-hmm. If we if we had more patience, David Fisdale would still be the coach of this team, okay? Phil Jackson still might be here, right? The fact that we don't have patience is what at least gives us an opportunity to start again and, and at least try to build something new. So I think the lack of patience is actually a good thing in the long run. But, you know, mm, overall, depends. man, I'm just, I'm just appalled by the ISOZO thing, and I think it's an inside job, and, you know, I just don't like people <laughs> blaming Knicks fans for things, and I think it's ridiculous. And if you want to come at me saying I'm sensitive and I'm soft or whatever, you know, I don't even know who you are, dude. So, <laughs> I, you know, you can think about me as much as you want. I don't know who you are, bro. So, you know, I sleep well, bro. All right? So that's all I have. All right, all right, man. Peace, bro. <laughs> Ari from Manhattan, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's unpack this real quick, Jails. That's a lot. That's a lot of baggage. Um, I okay on the flaws thing. He's right. Not a lot of guys on this team play defense well. Um, yeah, but I, go ahead. At the two position in particular, though, yeah, is the only place where the people who actually play defense. And I think I'm not saying that's why Trier was cut, mm-hmm. but at the two position, like even Wayne is as bad as he is. Yeah, try. <laughs> yeah, he 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 actually um he actually puts in effort and plays pretty good team defense if you look at him. Dot so, Frank. Yeah, maybe a little RJ. So and but. That's what I would say about that. But the two position in general, though, we stacked that position so much. Yeah. That it just, I felt like he was dead on arrival. Yeah, well, I think he was a victim of his own success. You know, the successful rookie year is what got him a contract. But when you factor in the free agents, they stacked the deck on him. And you yep. factor in the fact that they're going to owe him at least $4 million next year. On top of the fact that they're going to go get a point guard in the draft or free agency, or via trade, come hella high water, they're not going to pay Isozo $5 million, JLs, to be one of the last people on the bench, unfortunately. Yeah. Should he have gotten more playing time this season? Absolutely. I think so. Flaws and all, they should have been playing him. Because let's be honest, our guards were absolute garbage. And I would have been playing him way I would have been giving him way more opportunities than I was giving DSJ, even though yeah. I want to see DSJ succeed. They got caught in between, like that was the that was the biggest flaw from last season was the way we built this team. We just had too many veterans that they were trying to commit to. So then it's like you have Ellington plus Dotson plus Frank playing the two sometimes plus um, Peyton. Plus Peyton. I ain't getting to the point. I'm I'm, I'm, still, I'm still talking about the twos. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Bullock. And, uh, Bullock. And it's like they didn't sign all these veterans to sit them. So it just seemed like the plan from the jump was flawed and, and like I said before like ISO was already kind of freezed out from the beginning of the season yeah and because of that he we couldn't even move him for a, dis, a di- like a, a decent package it's too much money 
Yeah, like we couldn't like it would been it would have been okay, like Ari said, to like at least move him and get something in return. Yeah. But by the time the end of the season rolled around, he had no he, pl- he didn't play any he had no playing time. Yeah. So like there was no there was no value. So he essentially cut him to save money because they realized that he has no value at this point because they didn't play him the whole time. They didn't play him at all. So listen, I agree. Um I, I look at him as a long young Lou who hasn't really figured it out just yet. Um wish him luck, bro. You know what I mean? I, I was a fan of his when he came in and came onto the scene. He played well for us from summer league into last year. Almost hit that 50-40-90 slash line. Absolute buckets as Ari said, but I think that's what ended up hurting him in the long run because at $4 million, when you're looking at the talent that you're looking to bring in at his position this next season, there, there was no way they were going to keep him there. Yeah. There was he, no way they were going to keep him there. He's, kinda, he's like, you kind of saw it coming. Yeah. It's still it's still shocking because you know, usually when, usually when players get cut, it's like, all right, well, no, he was a scrub. You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I still had talent. Like whether mm-hmm. you're on the whether you're on the side of, yo, this guy, you know, doesn't pass enough or he doesn't play defense. I we never. I don't think we ever really just straight out wave a guy who had that much talent. There's there's a role for him somewhere. There's a role for him somewhere. He, he's got to figure it out. Um, you know, clean up that his attitude a little bit. There was some attitude, you know, finger pointing from, from right. sources um, that I spoke to. You know, we don't want to bury the kid's character. He's still a young kid, but hopefully, you know, he, he learns from, from you know, the situation. But it's just the ugly side of the business. You know, we yeah. talked about that with, with uh, the various players that we spoke to in past interviews, how the business can, can do you, man. Look at look at what it did to Felton, who signed the deal 50 games in, he's gone. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just like Langston Galloway, same way. Like, what, what happened when he went from, uh, he signs with his hometown of the Pelicans. Only shipped off to, to to the Bay Area, like exactly. Sometimes it's sometimes the business is just cutthroat in that way, man. You know, Definitely. and he's still, you know, Langston's still having a good good career, still playing well for the Pistons, but um, that that sometimes it's just how you get you become a victim of the business, man. It is what it is, you know. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm sure ISO is gonna be fine though. I'm just, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm going to wait and hope he doesn't kill us too much when he yeah. plays it. <laughs> oh, oh, hopefully not, man. But, uh, yeah, man. But good show, JLs. Let, let's go ahead and, and uh, sign out, man. All right. Salute. Salute to everybody. Uh, latest episode of the Nick and Time Show is up. YouTube.com slash Nick Time Show. Definitely a good episode. We talk about, of course, ISO. So, um, and we also talk about, you know, we, we signed a new guy. Uh, what's his name? Harper from the Suns. But we also have Lamar Pierce. We also talk about him and Lamar Pierce together. So definitely check out that episode. Before. So also check out the blog at thenickettimeshow.com to watch our latest blog episodes, blog episodes, writings. Shout out to Ken. Shout out to Chris who write a lot for us. And check out the merch as well. And get your your Knox tees, your RJ Barrett tees, and all that stuff. That is all. Back to you, soon. Sir, great show, JLs, and uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in, man. It was uh, an epic show tonight, man. We, we got a uh, exclusive conversation, a history lesson, some guidance, yeah, uh, from yeah. the OG, from the OG Chuck D, man. I just felt like it, you know, in these times, you, you needed to hear that. 
you know, it was a time timely interview, and we definitely appreciate Chuck for giving us gave us an hour, Jails. You know that that's uh, more than we could ask for. So we definitely appreciate Chuck for coming through and and uh, blessing us with uh, with some wisdom. Um, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. You know the protocol. Uh, these shows are available in audio podcast format: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Alexa, and Google Play. Um, oh, one more quick thing. One more quick thing. Uh, you know, as I as I show the uh, the Mitch Please T-shirt. Uh, Knicks fan TV was in the papers again today, JLS. <laughs> you know, to, you know, sometimes you, you wake up overnight and and things just start happening, man. So yeah, I wake up. Let, let me uh, just get my screen right. So I wake up and and. Uh, Shout out my guy David Fudenick out in Cali. So he sends me, um, you know, Mitch is rocking the Mitch Please T-shirt, and I guess he must have posted it on his Snapchat or TikTok, whatever one of those things that that these kids are, are using nowadays. So, <laughs> so uh, Daily Nicks retweets it on on Twitter. Then David Fudenick at me. And Spencer Dinwiddie, because as, <laughs> as you see in the picture, the new Mitch Please T-shirt, we swapped it out. We we swapped out the uh, the DSJ lookalike, who was really Courtney Lee, but no, it was really DSJ, but whatever. So we threw in we threw in Dinwiddie, <laughs> and so now David adds me and Dinwiddie. So now Dinwiddie claps back with the retweet and says, "I would have put him on a shoe." But I'm gonna need him, meaning Mitch, not to lead the league in fouls before I do that. So another uh, another troll job by Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, as he loves to do with the Knicks all the time. He got a little tight. How many times have we beat them this season? Um, well, we did the last game, RP to Kobe. That was the Kobe game. What was it two out of three? I think so. I think I, gotta, I, think I don't. I don't remember. I got to double check. We made the playoffs, but I think we. I think we won. We, we did lose that first game when Kyrie hit RJ with a step back. He did. Um. I think we beat him twice at the Garden. I gotta, I gotta, I don't, I don't remember. I feel like we beat, the, him. Like we beat him more times than he beat us. I feel like yeah. that. <laughs> so, so then when he comes out with that, now all of a sudden, Bondi, I guess, had nothing to write today. So he throws it in the Daily News talking about Spencer Dinwiddie responds to Mitchell Robinson's t shirt saying it should have been on shoes. So we, we ended up in the, in the New York Daily News today. You oh, there you, I mean? there you go. There you go. <laughs> they, they have it, man. So, uh, once again, salute to everybody for all the support. Salute to Mitch for always repping the brand. Of course, you can get yours in the link down below, man. The, the Mitch Please t-shirts are always uh, a dope seller. So, if you want to support the show, you want to support the Block Nest Monster, go ahead and, and grab your Mitch Please joints right below this video. Funny stuff, man. Can't make Funny stuff. Up. Mind your business, you end up in the Daily News jail. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now Dinwiddie says he wants it on a shoe. So you might have to have the uh the Air Mitch pleases dropping in 2021. We'll see, man. I'll talk uh, to Mitch. Man. See if we want to do a sneaker deal. I think that's in the works. You know? See if see I if you want to do a sneaker deal, man. <laughs> but uh anyway, who, who you want to shout out in your chats, man? Let me get out of here. Oh man, shout out to Chapel Fritz for me now. Shout out to you, Hayden Mercury, uh Rich M. Craig, oh, Craig Williams, the super chat. I'm sorry, I forgot. Craig Williams had a super chat file. Fantastic. Another great show, fellas. 
hit that thumbs up button for your boys and after the hashtag PD. So shout out to you, Purple Eagle. Yo, Nuggy Fresh and Nuggy Fresh in the building. Shout out to you. Elixir Flow, shout out to you. Edward Starling, shout out to you. Shout out to everybody. TV. I saw Alex jump in here. John Lentil, Kevin King. Everybody. Shout out yes, to you. Um, shout out all the mods. Alex Collins all the way in Ireland. Go to sleep. Uh, Dave, appreciate it. Knicks fan TV, Jared, appreciate it. TM, Rome, um, Pranav, John Talento, Kent Scott, above the rim, always appreciate it. Uh, everybody, have a great, great holiday weekend. We'll check back in with you guys. Um, Pete Cruz, appreciate it. And uh, be safe, man. We out of here. Hit that thumbs up button for you, boys.